Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Let's hang out. Welcome back to Les Hangout, the podcast that's in your base but not into dudes. I I apologize for that. I'm sorry. I don't I don't even know what that means, but I'm sure you don't even know. Come on, Ellie. I'm sorry. I'm in your base, killing your dudes. I'm not into yeah, not into dudes. I get it. Some, someone somewhere is laughing someone a lot, will get and it. they're really enjoying it. <laughs> you that, had to be that there. Very funny pun. But from, You're welcome, one person laughing at me. From the East Coast, I'm Ellie Brigida. And from the West Coast, I'm Lee Holmes Foster. To those of you who have been with us through this whole journey, thank you as always for listening. If you're a new listener, welcome. We're excited to have you here. And here's what's happening this week. This week in the Lesdom. This week in the Lesdom is somewhere we can touch base each episode about things going on with the podcast or otherwise. And of course, we have to be talking about our trivia nights. This week, we have two trivia nights in Arlington, Virginia at the boardroom, Wednesday, November 6th at 6.30 p.m. And at Berkeley, California at SPATS, Friday, November 8th at 6.30 p.m., Lee will be hosting that so you can actually get to meet Lee in person. I know she would love to see you all there. We also have our second Blush and Blue Denver trivia night on Friday, November 15th at 7 p.m. Last one was completely sold out, so make sure you get your tickets for that one. We also have one at El Rio in San Francisco on Monday, November 18th at 6.30 p.m. Lee will also be hosting that one, so come hang out with her. We also have our first ever Winona Earp Trivia Night. We know we have a lot of Earpers in our audience. We're having our first Winona Earp Trivia Night in Columbus, Ohio on November 20th at O'Connor's Pub. So we hope to see you all there. And if you want to host a Winona Earp Trivia Night in your city, make sure you get in touch with us at leshangoutpod at gmail.com. We have our L Word premiere party at Bella Luna in Jamaica Plain on December 8th. That one is already sold out. So you cannot get tickets for that, unfortunately, but we are so excited to have people come and hang out. I'm going to be singing. We're going to do some L word trivia, and then we're all going to watch the premiere together. I know I'm excited for Generation Q. I know everyone else is excited. Um, So that's going to be super fun. Also, this week, we just got back from the weekend soiree. I just want to say how much of a wonderful time we had there. It was a fantastic weekend full of queer positivity and connections. Some of my favorite classes, we went to a class about building an inclusive queer economy that really got me thinking about where we're taking our money, what we're investing our money in, and investing it back in our community. We always try to do that with supporting other creators on Patreon and hiring queer trivia hosts, trying to host our trivia events at queer bars. But we can always be doing more to really use our dollars used even bartering sharing your resources with others so that was a really big takeaway that I got from this weekend of just trying to create an economy where we're all helping each other we're all lifting each other up Um, and that was really amazing we also got to see 
a hilarious comedy show, parties every night. Lee, this was her first weekend soiree without her children or her wife. And I will let you say, Lee knows how to party. <laughs> she surprised me, but we had such an amazing time. We also found out that we are platonically perfect on CoStar. If none of you know what CoStar is, CoStar is an astrological app where you can plug in your chart and see how compatible you are with everyone else. Lee and I have smiley faces on everything except for sexual. And honestly, that makes a lot of sense because love you, Lee, but we're platonically perfect. <laughs> we also have a code for you to get tickets to see last summer at bluefish cove if you live in the dmv area you can see last summer at bluefish cove a plane by jane chambers seven lesbian friends their idol interrupted by the unexpected arrival of a female alien from the straight world are cozily gathered for the summer in cottages on the shore at bluefish cove by the end of the summer nobody is the same i don't know about you but that sounds like an amazing show Seven lesbians on stage, um, all about it. So if you want to go to that show, it's November 8th through the 23rd, and they're all at dominionstage.org slash buy tickets, and you can use the code LESHANGOUT to get $5 off tickets. So we hope that some of you will go see the show, support queer theater, and also help us enrich this queer economy, like I was talking about from the weekend soiree. That's what's happening this week. Back to you, Ellie and Lee. Thanks, Ellie and Lee. We are so excited to bring you episode five of season three, Video Games. Get it? Games. Games. <laughs> games. Games. Video Games. And we are so excited to be joined by our special guest this episode, Valerie Lohman. Valerie is a BAFTA-nominated film, TV, and VO actress who is a rising star in the voiceover world. She's best known for playing Edith Finch in What Remains of Edith Finch, and most recently, Jess Blaskowitz in Wolfenstein Youngblood. Valerie, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I'm so excited to be here with you two. Yay! We're excited <laughs> too. You're going to come teach us all about video games. Wonderful, wonderful. I'm very, I'm very stoked. The childhood gamer in me is so excited right now. <laughs> I feel like I was like gamer city until I hit like... 12 or 13 and then I don't know what it was maybe it's because like none of my girlfriends wanted to play video games with me so I was always playing video games with the boys mm -hmm. and I wanted to spend time with women so it's probably because I was gay that I stopped <laughs> playing but I know there's a lot of gay gamers out there so oh, yeah. this yeah. one's for well, you should we start there because that's did you like did you grow up playing games Valerie did you grow up so gaming hard <laughs> I'm, full disclosure, not very good at playing, and my, <laughs> I'm the middle of three children, and my siblings, my sister's nine years older than me, and I have a younger brother who's a year younger, and they're both really good, so mm. we'd have, like, our PlayStation uh. 1, and they would kick me off, and they wouldn't let me play, because I just, I was well, not good at it, so. How are you supposed to improve I know, if you don't I get know. to play? Competitive household, so. I didn't really grow up playing, and I am really surprised that I didn't because my siblings played a lot. And if you had told me that I was going to end up getting into voiceover for video <laughs> games, I would have been like, what are you talking about? What? No. So, so tell us a little bit about how you did get into voice acting for video games then. So it's kind of my whole voiceover journey has been kind of a weird ride. Um, I'm a singer and a musical theater actress like 
that's what I did growing up and that's like what I trained in and I was randomly recording a singing demo and I had extra studio time so I wrote like a bunch of fake commercial and fake script copy and I recorded a voiceover (laughs) reel that was awful but from that I booked like three or four anime pilots and a bunch of dubbing jobs wow yeah so apparently it wasn't that awful and from that I self-submitted on what would become what remains of Edith Finch and when I got that game it was a tiny tiny indie game with a small publisher giant sparrow and after it got released through PlayStation it just blew up and then I got the BAFTA nomination and that's how Bethesda found me for Wolfenstein Youngblood and it has been a very wild ride so now now I audition for like all these huge games that it's it's crazy to me. We're gonna have you come on and do all of our uh, ad reads. I love yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And just to clarify too for our audience, you are also a part of the LGBTQ community, correct? Yes, I am. I am indeed. I identify as bisexual, and I have been dating my girlfriend for the last three years. She's the gamer of the relationship, so I there you go. Live vicariously through her and her. Does skills. she kick you off too? She laughs at me. She thinks it's cute, though. She's told me because I've streamed with a, a bunch of my friends are pro gamers and they're also voice actors in games, so I've been streaming with them. And my girlfriend just makes fun of me. And then she's like, you need to press X, baby. You're doing very bad. Here's what we need to do. We'll hang out and she and I can play video games and you can hang out with my wife who is terrible at video games. Wonderful. And I I choose to believe because I also grew up playing games a ton. And my brother has always and still is into a ton of games. Um, And we had, you know, like we had, oh my God, like old, old school. We had like the old brick uh, Game Boy, you know, and then we had like the Sega and the and the play like PlayStation Mm -hmm. one and like all that stuff. Um, And I had like gaming consoles like through college and surprisingly then uh you know I started dating someone who's like god awful at video games and could not care any less about them I don't play video games anymore you have to do it and there's there's so so many good ones with such good storylines no there there really are and it's funny because actually like yeah I feel like we should can i can i switch us over ellie or am i jumping on your you can i'm ruining your whole outline i'm so sorry no go for whatever (laughs) you want to go for i'm just curious like speaking of storylines what's the storyline of wolfenstein young blood and why is that such an important video game before we jump into our full conversation (laughs) it's such a timely storyline for right now too (laughs) yes it's very political um Okay, so Wolfenstein is a super famous game from the 1980s that Bethesda decided to make a series of, and they have been producing these games for the past several years, and it's about an alternate timeline where the Nazis won World War II. So it starts out in the 1960s where there's a famous hero, BJ Blazkowicz, who's on a mission to liberate Europe, America, and just the whole world in general. So that's where the main plotline comes from. And Wolfenstein Youngblood, which is where we come in, is 20 years later in 1980, where Europe is still under Nazi occupation, and America's been liberated, and our father's gone missing. So my character, Jess Blaskowitz, and my twin sister, Soap, basically, we decide to go find our missing father, and we steal a helicopter and fly to Paris, and we fight Nazis, and we're 17 years old. And and you kill a lot of Nazis. We kill so many Nazis. <laughs> Quite a lot. It's very bloody. It's very gory. And 
I curse way more than I do in real life, but it's so much fun. As I was researching for this, there has been a bunch of an increase in female representation in video games, but it is really huge to have two powerful teenage female Mm -hmm. protagonists. Yeah, especially in a first person shooter. That's not something you get. I mean, I think the only thing I saw growing up like that was Metroid. And in the first one, you don't even realize she's a woman. Yeah, like not at all. No, I I thought she was... A... Until the very end, right? When you finish the game or something. Yeah, you... exactly. Um, So it's like a big deal. And especially because... I gamed you guys. I gamed. I know. I'm like, Lee, you sound like such a gamer. <laughs> you know. You know. <laughs> well, and it's like... I played the first Metroid. It's great. I did too. Yeah. I was not very good at it. But I did play it. But yeah, it's a big deal. I mean, it's notoriously been led by BJ Blazkowicz, who's like the ultimate dudes dude. He's so cool and and just so badass. And to have this franchise handed over to two teenage girls that are equally as badass, equally as intelligent and adept, and also still learning about themselves is so exciting. Because at the end of the day, they're two 17-year-old goobers, but they're well-trained. <laughs> Well trained. Two seventeen year old goobers just like, you know. Yeah. Kicking the shit out of some Nazis. Exactly. Yeah. I, there's so I'll much take funny it. banter. Yeah. <laughs> Sign me up. It's also I and I mean again, I have not played Wolfenstein at all, but from what I could tell in my research, I also really liked that for being seventeen and for being two like two young women leading this franchise, they didn't seem like overly like hypersexualized the way that like women in an awful lot of games tend to be maybe just a little no that's that's very true um as far as anything i have watched they're very much just there's nothing sexual about them or sexy they're just two girls that are trying to find their place in the world trying to right some wrongs and it's really just about them as as women figuring out their power and i love that have you played it? I have. I'm again. I'm not very good, but my girlfriend played it through in like three nights, so I mostly watched her and I jumped in here and there. Is it weird hearing your own voice coming from a video game that you're playing? Yeah, mostly because I shout really like really long curse words in a thick Texan accent, <laughs> so it's jarring. Because I also well, the other thing too is like I remember filming all of this. Most of it's motion capture, and I filmed all that in Sweden. And like the cast and I had so many inside jokes about it that it's weird to finally hear it finished in context i feel like that would weird me out i can't even get used to listening to us like when i'm listening to our episodes back for like edits and stuff i still sometimes like forget that that it's me (laughs) yeah it's it's kind of a weird disassociation especially like as a voice actor because like i record all of my auditions at home in my weird little makeshift at home studio so i'm constantly hearing myself because i'm constantly editing it so it's kind of a weird disassociation. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, and then there's probably something a little different, too, at least about getting to play a character, right? I mean, when we listen to ourselves and I'm like, it's this is me us, yeah. talking, and it's like, because I always say, you know, the, the weirdest thing is when I'm listening to our episodes back and I, like, laugh at something and I'm like, that's me, I'm laughing at me, <laughs> but I forgot, and it's just me being me, and, it, you know, yeah. there's at least something a little better when you're like, that's me playing yes, that's, this character. That's true. When I listen to myself in podcasts or, like, or like even, like, live video interviews, I'm like, I, that, I, I sound like that? I make those weird <laughs> sound inflections? 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you also just mentioned something that I that I forget about so much with games these days is so much of voiceover work now isn't just that, right? It's not it's no longer just standing in a studio like recording lines of dialogue. Mm-hmm. You're doing motion capture and you're yeah. doing like physical parts to it as well. How much was involved for for the game? Well, first off, I freaking love mocap. It's, uh, Wolfenstein was the first time I've ever done it, and we shot for two weeks in Sweden in a tiny town called Uppsala in a renovated church, because that's where Machine Games is headquartered. So we did all of the cutscenes there, and we had the entire cast there, we would do very in-depth rehearsal processes, and then when we came home to LA, we did all of the standing in the studio gameplay stuff of like the breathing hard and shouting random things but all the cutscenes were shot in in europe that is so cool it's a lot of fun there yeah like there's a lot a lot of acting a lot of storylines in video games now Mm -hmm. everything's like very heightened like lee was talking about like i feel like one of the first games i ever played was like that duck shooter game is that on like? <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? Duck Hunt. No, duck yeah, that? Duck Hunt. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Which is oh, like, oh my god, this, okay. is, this is where we're gonna like, age ourselves, right? Come on. Yeah, I know we're dating ourselves, but <laughs> it's crazy how how much it has really come up. Yeah. But I'm also curious, like speaking of just history of games, when was the first time you really felt like you saw yourself represented in a video game? Oh my gosh. I know, intense. I don't. I liked Laura Croft because I just thought she was cool and badass and I wanted Mm. to be her because she's smart and knows what she's doing and also like super cool. But I don't know that I have. I don't know. I don't know that I've seen someone that I super am like, that's like me. Not yet. Because most video games are like people fighting. Yeah. (laughs) So maybe not exactly. But somebody similar to you. I think Laura Croft's a good example. Like you could look up to to her yes even yeah. though maybe it's not you yeah. <laughs> per se do you think you have ellie i feel like i actually talked about this in an article <laughs> recently and this is like a sort of basic but whatever i feel like the sims which okay. is like a you know computer yeah. game um was the first time i felt like you could actually see yourself represented because they are just people right you could yeah. create whoever you wanted they could look however you wanted they could date whoever they wanted and that was a big thing for me I think when I started playing the sims I got super into it that's very true I mean it's so it's so world building and so so much creative control which is one of the things that I loved about the sims also yeah. like I was super super bisexual whenever my when I played my sims <laughs> <laughs> like I was honestly a big hoe in the sims but I know it never that that never came to life just kidding (laughs) (laughs) my girlfriend does the same thing I mean she like she has she still plays her sims very religiously and like oh I won't embarrass her but she's like her sims is like a whole world yeah there's like you can make your own storylines you can be whoever you want to be you Mm -hmm. can like build your own families and like friends and everything yeah is it ridiculous if i say i've i've never actually played the sims really what i i played like way way back when it was actually just sim city and you got to build your little like cities and and you know like roads and it's so i'm I'm gonna put like a building here and like more houses and stuff i've never played the actual like the sims that it turned into i literally played pretty much every expansion like from the first sims and then all the expansion packs i think i played up to sims 3 not sims 4 i think is the most recent one 
and that's the only one that I haven't played. But I literally even played Sims Medieval. <gasps> they have that? Wow. Yes. I'm so into that. Okay. It's Do you pretty get to make awesome. medieval ladies fall in love with each other? Yeah, yes. I would yeah. I would have my medieval ladies still be gay. But also yes. actually my medieval ladies were bisexual because <laughs> <laughs> everyone i talk to i would just sleep with it's so bad but um <laughs> wait could you put them in armor can you make a can you make a sims version who's oh i'm gonna have to look it up who's the girl who does the like medieval she they're jousting and they're knights and they and they like fight they sword fight do you know who i'm talking about no nope, i'm gonna send this to you there's okay someone somewhere one of our listeners is gonna send this in i follow her on like instagram or something but she's basically like a female knight in like you know if you go to like some in like, real life fa- I love that. well yeah in real life but like in like a fair right like in you know like one of those like oh you you enter and it's like ye old whatever thing that you go into and you get to like walk around and it's like old timey and there's like knights and stuff and and she's a knight and there's a whole team of female knights and they're like all insanely attractive and super badass and they like sword fight and shit and well that seems amazing i actually think sims medieval was a little less progressive like they still i don't think you could make your women not wear dresses unfortunately and also they definitely didn't have contraception because every time i slept with someone i would get pregnant Nice. And then I was nice. like, oh, I guess I can't be as much of a hoe in Sims Medieval. Oh, my gosh. But it was a time. It was a time. <laughs> that was, like, in college, too. Yeah, I, so. I like, didn't even know that was a thing. I'm going to have to find that. Cause I'm, oh, I'm it's such a great, like, random expansion pack. I love that. And strange. But let's – we should dig into – I'm like, we could talk forever <laughs> about our weird histories with video games. But let's dig into video games and LGBTQ rep. Okay. Awesome. So, currently, what's your favorite queer rep in video games? Or some of your tops? So, um, I have just started watching all of the cutscenes of Last of Us because Last of Us Part 2 is coming out this year. So, I've just started that and I'm already loving that. But I'm obsessed with... My girlfriend's playing through Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Cassandra can romance all the ladies. And she's so badass. And I... I'm obsessed with it. They nice. like quote Sappho the poet and it's Amazing. it's so cool. So she like fought Medusa the other day and then romanced like the lady she saved and stuff. <laughs> so that is amazing. <laughs> and it's long too. In this game, she's been playing it for months and so there's so much opportunity for many lady romances. Is this character openly are they lesbian, bisexual? Like what's the what's the story? So because it's I don't know that I consider it open world, but there's a lot of like open world aspects where you can, no matter what gender you play as, romance everyone. Mm. So my girlfriend just, she doesn't want to romance any of the guys because she doesn't think they're attractive. So (laughs) (laughs) that's just, that's, that's her And who can blame her? And if you don't want to do that, you don't have to do that. Yeah. (sighs) So that's, that's her path. But um, yeah, that's the one I'm obsessed with right now. Lee, you said you watched the cutscene from The Last of Us, right? I did. What are your thoughts? My thoughts was it was super, super cute. <laughs> Is that just me? It was super cute. I liked it. I was into it. That's what it seems like. I don't. I know nothing about the game. I'll be 100% honest. I know literally nothing. All I know is the cutscenes that I watched. And it was cute and I was into it. And I was like, oh, this would make a super cute, like, silly teenage show on the CW. <laughs> 
<laughs> I would watch, let's put it this way. I would watch that show. That's all. That's it. Mm-hmm. The video game is just a show that you can control, right? Exactly. Yes. That's what they're turning into. Yeah. That, it's a proper storyline. I, okay, here's what I will tell you about that cutscene is the little hair, pushing the hair behind the ear. Okay, I feel like Dead. we should de- describe the cutscene for anyone who hasn't seen it. They're two girls, they're dancing together, and then they kiss. It's, there's some cute dialogue. But she pushes her hair behind her ear, and I was like, oh, that's adorable. I totally dig that. And then uh, I was I was very surprised by, like, how much work went into animating the kiss. I'm like, wow, this is, like, a better kiss than, like, some straight actors kissing on shows sometimes. <laughs> like, try- <laughs> when you get, like, straight actors doing, like, gay kisses on screen, and you're just like, well, that looked stiff and unconvincing (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like these aren't even real people i mean somewhere under there i know the technology there were real people at one point but i was surprised at how good the animation was i was like oh so good for you guys the funny thing about doing because those scenes were all mocap for for last of us um as far as i'm aware the funny thing about mocap is you wear like a giant helmet essentially and you the camera is this far out of your face so you have to film it like two or three different times to get a kiss like that. You have to film it, like, with this headgear on where you, like, go up as close as possible to the person <laughs> but can't touch them because they have to get your face reaction. So you have to do the whole, like, kiss face and all that. And then you have to do it without so that they can get your body movements. Oh, my God. It's, like, Stop a it. whole That's hilarious. Thing. Same thing with, like, touching anywhere on your head. It's it's a process. Wait, so they're just, wow. like, touch... They're pretending, basically, to touch your hair. Like, you can't actually touch the hair because it's under yeah. the helmet. Because it's, like, under the helmet. And this thing's heavy. <laughs> and it's big. Um, yeah, so it's, like, a whole whole debacle. And then they have to, like, bring your hand closer in post-production. And it's That is crazy. so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Physical intimacy in, in mocap suits is so finessed. So do, do they ever actually kiss? Or they never do? Yes. So usually what they'll do is like they'll film it once with the headgear where you don't actually touch because they need to get the face reactions and then they'll do it again where you actually kiss to get like the bodies coming together and everything. Usually with something like that. that is so, so think of fun. all mm-hmm. of the work that went into that one gay kiss, everyone. Very all for yeah. you. Mm-hmm. All for for all of us. <laughs> You're welcome, gays. <laughs> Wait. You say it like it was you, Ellie. It was me. It? I was under that helmet. You were Ellie? Oh my god. I know. It, it I love that her so name much. is Ellie, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to talk about a sort of, in my opinion, awkward kiss scene that okay. everyone was like, oh, so cool. And I watched it. I was like, are you kidding? Mm-hmm. And that's Life is Strange. Did anyone see that one? I didn't. S- paint me a word picture. Okay, so... There's Max and Chloe, who are these two characters, and they are friends, right? But there's obviously sexual tension between them. And Chloe basically says to Max, whenever and whatever you want to try, for example, I dare you to kiss me. I double dare you. Kiss me now. And I'm like, okay. After that, I'm like, oh, it's going to be so intense. Then you can either pick kiss Chloe or don't kiss Chloe. So if you pick kiss Chloe, then Max kisses Chloe and Chloe immediately feels uncomfortable and backs away and is like, whoa, that was so weird. And I'm like, that's the kiss that everyone's been talking about. Okay, now 
I'm not gonna tell on myself, and uh, I definitely didn't just immediately go watch the clip because it's like a minute long. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> but your word picture was very accurate, Ellie. Right? Um, was I describing it well as you're watching? Super well, like actually, like very, very well. Mm-hmm. Also, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Is like that was stiff and uncut. Yes. <laughs> There's no animation involved. I haven't. I haven't seen it yet because I I just bought it because my friend voices Kate Marsh in it. So I, I'm like, haven't played it yet, but I'm, I'm like eager to play now that you nice. brought that up. Yeah. But and that's so like the big gay moment. And I'm like, wait, that's it? Okay. Like, yes. What? It's not but much. I guess we're just starved for it that we're like, they guess once. Yes. I was just talking about that in another interview where I, we were talking about how like, it's so, I don't want to say minuscule because I think we're making big leaps in, in queer representation in games. But there's still very few fully realized and fully developed storylines that I'm waiting. I want it now. <laughs> so so even the ones where you choose your own, that's not enough for you because you want it to be like explicitly written in the storyline. Is that what you're I trying just, to say? Yeah, I think we deserve, I think everyone deserves to have representation and, and video games are can be such a reflection of us because more than film and tv you put yourself into the role because you are actively playing and yeah i want a I want a fully developed queer storyline that has great cutscenes. that's super gay i want it and i want it now it's not too much to ask. no and if it could be of lara croft i certainly wouldn't say no i mean let's Please. just be honest. <laughs> uh, if it was i think i'd like keel over <laughs> to- Tomb Look, Raider should have been good. Do we yeah. wait? Did we do Tomb Raider already? Is Tomb Raider on our list for? We have not, how? but at it. Uh, how? Mm-hmm. How? How? Add There's mm-hmm. no Angelina. <laughs> Look, I mean, even 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 before Angelina, even just when Tomb Raider were just the games, you're not gonna convince me Lara Croft is straight. Oh no, mm-hmm. no way. The braid, not a chance. Agreed. No. The outfits, the guns, the boot, the boots, the boots, <laughs> the boots. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Come on. I agree. <laughs> she gay. Yeah. Uh, I would I would play a gay Lara Croft game. That's yes. all I'm saying. Yes. I would I would convince my wife that we need to go out and buy whichever console platform. Yeah, whichever thing it's on, we're gonna buy it and I'm gonna buy the game and I'm gonna play the game. <laughs> yeah. That. Well that's what I I want it. And consoles are like eight hundred bucks now, so like that's not like a light commitment to this. No, no. <laughs> but still. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. I was doing some research before this about the 15 queerest video games ranked in The Advocate. Mm -hmm. And now that you say that, I'm looking at all of them. 
and most of them are minor scenes or minor characters even the first this is sort of interesting i thought the first lesbian character in video games was in 1986 and it was in moon mist i heard that recently and the game was almost lost or something like that yeah someone brought that up that it was like a I, I feel like there was that or, or something else that, like, these. there was a couple games from the 80s that had queer representation that just haven't, almost didn't survive. Yeah, they le- but I thought it was really interesting, and it basically was, like, a side lesbian character okay. who was fighting with her girlfriend in one of the scenes, but her girlfriend mm. was about to get married to a man, and, like, that was the representation that we no. got. Okay, wait, is oh. this, like, when they say, oh, the what was it that just came out, Finding Nemo sequel or something, where they were, like the queer rep and people are like protesting them and it's literally like in the background like you know like yeah (laughs) somewhere deep in the back of a scene of like something else that's happening you like happen to see two moms with like a child and people are like we're gonna boycott the movie and you're like that's not that's not even the that's not that's not a thing (laughs) like stop acting like that counts that doesn't count it's not like, you know, half the people even notice. It's not like we're running out in droves to be like, I'm going to see myself finally. No. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. I believe I heard recently, and it didn't, it, it was cut in certain countries for obvious reasons, but I believe that the first gay Marvel character was someone in a support group who had three lines at the beginning of Endgame. Endgame. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was ridiculous. <laughs> I, it, was, it was definitely in the version that I saw. Okay. And and I was watching it and I was like, wait, they're really trying to pass this off as like, oh, look at this rep. It was just like a guy being like, yeah, it's been really hard for me and my boyfriend now that everyone's dead. And everyone was like, oh, there's a gay guy. And you're like, oh what the hell? Oh and my. that was it. And then he was gone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. There's that sweet, sweet rep we've been waiting for. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't even know if he had a name. <laughs> oh, no. I haven't watched it yet. I'm a big Guardians of the Galaxy fan, and I haven't, like, had a moment to sit there and watch those two. But yeah. I'll see that moment at, at some point. Yeah. And it's, like, it's really... A blip. Yeah. You could yeah. cut it, and it does not matter. The movie is no. still exactly the same. So. Okay. <sighs> we've talked okay. about this plenty of times before, like, because Captain Marvel, like, needs to be gay, and they're never going to go for it. Is, is is gay there was literally an article today that was like captain marvel introduces a new lgbtq character and it's a side character in the film and i'm like no it's freaking carol watch your own movie people i am excited for tessa thompson to like find her her queen yeah finally i'm obsessed with that she's so pretty (laughs) yeah she (laughs) she is a queen herself she is yeah she is yes i love her so much I want to briefly talk about a few other video games that I found. Okay. And if you've played them or have heard of them, we can talk about them. Great. So one of them was Star them. Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Have you heard of this? I've heard of it, um, but I did not know there was queer representation. So it said Juhani was one of the first lesbian Jedi. So if you're playing a female character in Knights of the Old Republic, you can romance Juhani. <laughs> I don't know. Very nice. Okay. But uh, something that I found really interesting about this is that it said early versions allowed male characters to court her, but that was identified as a bug and corrected. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I just love <laughs> that. This was in 2003. And I just think it's so funny that, like, heterosexuality was a bug in the game. <laughs> and 
they were like, oh, shit, have, we have to think about I have that. so many thoughts on that that I, like, can't even figure out where oh, I want to start. Yeah. Who That's do we file funny. a bug report for? Yeah, like, for can you imagine, like... Men hitting on lesbians in real life. Playing right? the game. Yeah, <laughs> playing the game and being like, uh, I'm a male character. I shouldn't be able... Like, who mm-hmm. reported it? Who was like, that's definitely a bug. Yeah, I want to know who, who found that. Yeah. What we want to know is, who's the lesbian who saved the day? <laughs> yes. Who's the savior? Yes. <laughs> but I thought that was awesome. Also, Star Wars, like, that makes me feel great that there's a lesbian Jedi. It's pretty bad. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Overwatch apparently has a character, Lena Tracer Oxton. Okay. And her girlfriend, Emily, was tied in in the comic book. And then there's another one, Mass Effect. Have you ever played Mass Effect? I know of it, but I've not played it yet. So apparently in Mass Effect, you have the ability to have same-sex relationships. And there is Dr. Liara Tassoni, who is from an all-female race that can reproduce with both genders. <gasps> I love and I just, that. Right? I just feel like that's a really cool thing in general. Yeah. Um, And I think brings up a good point of like, you can do whatever you want in a video game. Mm-hmm. In the same way that we talk about you can do whatever you want in a movie where people are like, oh, it's sci-fi. You can't have gay people. And I'm like, okay, but you can have a Ewok. an alien. Or- yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. I love and that. And then there's also Dragon Age. Yes, I know. I, I know that they have a couple LGBTQ characters, right? Yeah, or- so I was just reading about this. Have you played it? I have watched a million cutscenes from it, so nice. I, I like I'm starting to get into it. So, have you seen any of the cutscenes with Krem in them? Not yet. So, Krem is a trans man. It was pretty interesting reading about it because basically, they don't really talk too much about the fact that Krem um, is a trans man. Mm-hmm. They're just like Krem is a man, and I his backstory that. is that he was born female. But there's a line that he says that says, in his society, trans men are real men, just like you or me. I love that. Yeah. Oh, that makes me so happy. Right? (laughs) And I just wonder, like, how that affects trans people who are playing the video game. Yeah. I think that's so special, too. And it's, I think it's important to just not make it a big thing. This is a person who's having, like, a life experience and it doesn't matter what they were what gender they were born as it's it's such like an honor to see that who they identify as and who they are is being honored i love that and i love that it's not made a big deal and they just are yeah, who they yeah. are i love that that makes me so happy i was really it happy when i read things, about that mm-hmm. yeah. when you think about it because there's so many games right and i think like sims is a great example and and things like this there's so many games where you have so much functionality like there are so Mm -hmm. many things there are so many facets to the gameplay and it feels like you can do everything and anything yeah right but realistically i mean a a video game is like anything else that's been programmed like if somebody didn't think of it it's not gonna be put in there yeah right and so there's so many things where it's like someone consciously has to say okay well you know, well, that also could be an option. Like, if you're playing as a female character, the option to also, you know, like, hit on a female character needs, like, that should also be there. And if they don't think, like, if nobody makes the huge mental leap required 
to get there, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's just, it's, then it doesn't, it's not there. It's just not there. And I think we're close to it, too, because with the rise of all of these indie studios that are getting picked up by larger studios, we're finding indie companies, like I was saying, Edith Finch, it was a, t- it was, Giant Sparrow was a tiny indie company. It brought unique voices. And there's so many indie companies now that have LGBTQ people programming games and developing storylines and women in writing positions that are having their voices heard in these indie platforms that have the capacity to blow up and become something huge and and marketable. And what's so exciting is these things are starting to make money and studios are starting to realize that, hey, there's there's a thirst for this. So I tell think us, we're getting there. Tell us a little bit about Edith Finch. What's the story of it? Okay, so Edith Finch is... Uh, a walking simulator game that is about a 17-year-old girl, Edith, that's me, and all of her family has died in weird ways throughout her life, and she left her house around, I believe, four or five years prior. She had a huge falling out with her family, and her mom and her hit the road. Her mom passes away, and she's pregnant and alone and 17, and she's given a key to go back to the house to figure out why everyone has died. And she's been told all her life that there's a family curse and something's wrong with her family. So it's about her exploring her history and where she comes from and relaying all this information to her unborn child. So it's very spooky. It's a very good Halloween game. It's really sad. It's a really, really sad game. Yeah, Um, that sounds so sad. It's really depressing. (laughs) Everyone dies. Um, So if you're prepared for that... And it's really short. It's about two hours of gameplay. It's really short. It's like a movie. Yeah. Well, okay. I was like, cool. what happens? But we'll if we'll let people. Oh yeah, I won't spoil the ending. Yeah. It's 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 really good. I cried and I knew what the ending was. So intense. <laughs> yeah, and there's you're like I cried and I made it. <laughs> Didn't you say it's on PC? It's uh, it's on everything. I think. I think it's even on Switch now. I think they just released it for Switch. Nice. Um, it's everywhere. But it's, it's really good. There are some definite moments that are, like, shocking. And do your research first because there's some definitely – there's some touchy subjects with the deaths. Um, mm. But it's a really well-done game. The writing's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It sounds awesome. Sounds very yeah. cool. I'm like, I don't know how to transition into this next part because <laughs> it's such a mood shift. I just need to say the number one game that I found on this advocate <laughs> thing because <clears throat> it was cracking me up. And I'll just tell you the title first, and let's guess what you think this video game's about. <laughs> it's called Dream Daddy. Oh, no. <laughs> Why does it sound like... <laughs> Is it, like, from, like, the 2000s, like, some weird computer game? I'm not sure, like, when it's from. It looks like it's from the 2000s. Oh, no. <laughs> Basically, it's, like, a dating game oh, where my. you play a single gay dad who moves to a town called Maple Bay. And everyone else in the town is also a hot single gay dad. Oh my goodness. And it's called Dream Daddy. How have I never heard of this? I had never heard of it either. And I was dying that this is a real game. I'm obsessed and with I that. And okay. I think it's garnered a lot of like social media attention because it's obviously ridiculous. I some have of the to characters, yeah. Some of the characters are teacher dad, okay. goth dad, or bad dad. Wow. So they sound very interesting. How is there not a lesbian zaddy version is what I want to (laughs) know. Yeah. Dream zaddy. Dream zaddy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah, so there's all kinds of gay rap out there. I just want to 
spread the love. <laughs> Not just lesbians or bisexual women. There's some mm-hmm. gay men stuff out there. Yeah, definitely. Oh my gosh. I have to find that. Wow. I know. Wow. All right. To wrap up, <laughs> after Dream Daddy, which is a really good way. We've talked a little bit about this, but why do you personally think LGBTQ rep is important in video games? I think it's important for us to see ourselves and to understand and to see that these games cost so much to make and these production budgets are so huge. And I think it's important for us to see ourselves star in a project that has huge financing because it means that it matters not only to the production companies, But the production companies understand that it's worth it to the audiences because there's so many, like I said, indie content is amazing and I'm not going to knock any artistic freedom and creativity that that entails. But I think it goes across gaming and film and TV until the big bucks are put behind LGBTQ storylines that are fleshed out and have amazing character arcs and they're not side characters we're not going to fully see ourselves represented in the way that we should be. Mm. I'm waiting. I'm yes. curious, you know, because it also, it seems like you know, uh, obviously other people in the industry. Is there more queer rep behind the scenes that we don't like, than we know about, you know, like how much is there that you're aware of or is it, does it feel like there's still, you know, room to grow there as well? I think it's getting more and more talked about. I think it's, becoming something that's becoming more prevalent. I've been auditioning for things where kind of like uh, Assassin's Creed, there are more romance options and more gender fluid characters. Um, I've auditioned for a couple projects like that that are, I actually don't even know what they are because they don't tell you when you audition what you're auditioning for. I'm starting to see it come along and I'm starting to see it in the scripts that I receive, but I'm excited for, I'm excited for a full-fledged gay character because I want to play one. Yes, you Valerie don't think you for don't a think, lead gay. Please. Wait, which Blaskowitz sister were you? Were you? you I'm were Jess. I'm Jess. You don't think either of them were a little a little queer? Not even a little. <laughs> I have ideas. <laughs> there's room there. there. There's there's room there. Um, th- there's some room there. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I know how I would take it, but it's such a huge project that it goes through <laughs> so many people and so many approvals that. I have my own little fan fiction in my head, but wait, which one? Which one is gay though in your head, or both of them? I would like me to be. I'd like Jess to be gay. Okay. Yeah. Obviously. Got it. Obviously, I want to like course. have those scenes. I know there's a whole backstory though, and one of them's supposed to have a kid, so I don't know. Oh wow, really? Yeah, one of them is supposed to. There's a there's a game called like Captain the Captain Key, and it like ties in. It's another '80s game that's getting refurbished and revitalize and it has to tie in with our family that it there's so much lore behind these games it's insane i have been a project part of this project for like a year and a half now and i'm still learning new stuff there's so much detail nice so there's a lot there to sift through that's excellent yeah i think it's timely Mm -hmm. is it time oh my god are you ready for q and gay are you ready for q and gay i am i'm excited q q q and gay Okay, <clears throat> so Q and Gay. Obviously, some of these we may have covered, some of them we may not have. Uh, but we'll get your official answers, and then all of our listeners can answer as well. Awesome. So, starting with question one: What is the gayest video game out of A. The Sims, B. 
Dream Daddy, C, Assassin's Creed, or D, The Last of Us Left Behind? Uh, it's gotta be Last of Us. <laughs> it's gotta be... No, let me featuring that. featuring secret star Ellie. Yeah, <laughs> I love. Yeah, it's that and it's that or Assassin's Creed because the way my girlfriend's been playing it, it's pretty damn gay. It's it's a tie. It's a tie. All right, we'll take it. Question number two: Are you a gamer? Yes or no? Oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> nice. Question three: What was your favorite video game to play in your childhood? And I'm just I'm 100% gonna call out Ellie for having written this question for dating and I, myself so hard. I literally had to change one of them because I was like, come on, like give me something that I played as a kid. All of these are like so much older. I know. Or so, like they're, yeah, I they're so older 90s they kids out. games. Sorry. It's fine. Okay. What was your favorite video game to play in your childhood? Animal Crossing, Pokemon, Super Mario, or The Sims? Probably Pokemon. I was a big Pokemon girl. I had a collection where I'd like win prizes at the fair for my Pokemon collection. So Pokemon wow. for sure. Wow. Well, oh, yeah. I can. We should have talked way more about that. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't I know was... if there's any gay characters in Pokemon, but not that um, I, know I bet. Of. I guarantee you, we could do a Pokemon. Should have been gay. <laughs> <laughs> Ash and Brock, baby. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like low key stoked for the Pokemon movie. I finally saw it, Detective Pikachu. Oh, it was. You didn't like it? Oh no, I I thought it was so cute. My friend Justice is the boy in it, and I thought it was so cute. Yeah, I thought it was adorable. I just saw it, but I also fell asleep during it, but not like oh, not no. because it was bad. I just was so tired. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> and then I woke up at the end and was like, "Wait!" And I won't oh. spoil the twist, but I was like, "Oh yeah. my god, I can't believe that happened." Yeah, that was a great. Ending. I literally woke up like at the twist, and I was like, "Oh, oh okay, cool, mm-hmm. yeah." <laughs> But it was great. It was it was very heartfelt. And I yes. thought Ryan Reynolds was actually an amazing Pikachu. He was so good in that part. Yeah. So I good. I liked it a lot. And his animation, the animation of Pikachu was so cute. Yeah. I'm obsessed with it. It was awesome. All right. <laughs> question number four. What type of game is your fave? A, platform. B, puzzles. C, racing. Or D, first person shooter. Probably A, platform. Yeah. Good call. No, probably, probably, probably racing then, because I love a good, like, Super Mario. Mm, Mario Kart, uh, My yeah. favorite platform yeah. game is called Little Big Planet, and it's one of the only games I have successfully gotten Kelsey to ever play with me, and it's because there's literally, like, two buttons you can do almost nothing in the game, but, like, okay. run back and forth and, like, jump. Uh, and grab, so you can grab stuff, I guess. But you play as these little, you're, like, a little sack, like a, like a, like a hacky sack boy, like a little hacky sack dude. Okay. And you pick up costumes and you get to dress your little hacky sack dude. That's so And that's cute. like 90% of the game is just like dressing your little your little sack boy. Oh and I gosh. did get her that to play that with me for a is little bit. Is that so a gay game, Lee? <laughs> so cute. You know, all I'm going to say is they do not put a lot of restrictions on what you can make your sack boy look like. So <laughs> I, I really don't like the word sack boy. It makes me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> But... They're super cute, though. You should look them up. They're adorable. All right. I'll, really I'm cute. sure if I look up Sackboy, it will not give me good Google search results. So, <laughs> I mean, if you if you Google Sackboy Little Big Planet, it might. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Just number no five. No space in there. <laughs> number yeah, please. Number five is the most important question. Okay. Okay. Who would you date in Dream Daddy? A. The teacher dad. B. The goth dad. Or C bad dad probably see bad dad right yeah what would your girlfriend say she'd be irritated (laughs) (laughs) 
she'd be very irritated. She'd be like, Bad dad does that. sound like the hottest one. Yeah. Most adventurous for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, remember, everyone, you can give us your own answers to this episode's Q&A questions on our Twitter at Les Hangout Pod. And speaking of social media, Valerie, where can everyone find you? On everything except for Twitter, I am at Valerie Rose Loman, and on Twitter, I'm at Valerie Loman. Perfect. And do you have any projects coming up that you want to let our audience know about? I have a couple appearances coming up that are TBD, so I can't talk about them yet. So keep an eye on the social medias. And I have a couple projects that are going to be announced sooner rather than later. I have a <laughs> short film that I wrote that I am editing right now that'll be hitting the oh very it'll cool. hopefully hit like hitting festivals soon do we can we get like a teaser what it's about it's really short it's a micro short and it's about three girls in victorian era england that are trying to conjure a spirit to get back at some very bitchy girl i love it yeah love it. So, Sold. yeah lots of special effects and rituals and blood so very awesome i'm excited we love, yeah we love a good witchy film we love we so. do. yes yes <laughs> also on our social media valerie will be doing an instagram story takeover so make sure you follow us on instagram for her story takeover and email us at leshangoutpod at gmail.com if you have any questions for her about video games or any of her upcoming projects Valerie, thank you so much for hanging out. This was amazing. Thank you. I had such a great time. Let me hear you say hip, 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 We love hearing from you and building community, so we want to shout out some of our favorite things each episode. And of course, we just got back from the weekend soiree, so what would we be if we did not shout out the weekend soiree? I want to specifically shout out all of the people who run the weekend soiree. It is a crazy ton of work to put on a conference and to put on a conference that was so intentional, that was so welcoming to all identities, that really put queer women of color at the forefront. It was such an amazing weekend and I know that there's so much that goes into it. So I wanna say a big shout out to MDOT, to Grant, to Melissa, to Heather, to all of the team from the weekend soiree we had the best time. I also want to shout out all of the people that we got to meet at the weekend soiree. A lot of new listeners, a lot of people who have seen the show before, and we also have talked to a bunch of people to get a lot of new guests on the show. So we're so excited for you all to really get to know the people that we got to know this weekend who were just some pretty badass queer women. So yeah, we're, we're very excited, and we want to say thank you to the weekend soiree for hosting us and just how happy we were to get to connect with all of the people who were all there for the same reason. As always, we have to thank our Lesbian Jesus patrons, Lizette Stye, Tanya Ferguson, Jess Klaus, Danny Griswold, Michelle Ray Thomas, Sarah and Julia, Nicole Gross, Carrie Ann Lawrence, Mark Foster, Danny gunlock Tamora, Sammy Walsh, Audrey O'Connor, and Wendy K. Bartlett. And our two King Princess patrons, Kayla Kelly and Amy and Ellen, thank you so much for supporting us. We cannot do the things that we do without you. We would not have the funds to go and see all of these amazing queer women at the weekend soiree. So we just want to thank you and let you know you are the ones that really keep us running and keep us growing. So thank you so much for being a patron. And we hope to see more of you there. Remember, you can also find us on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Les Hangout Pod. Email us at leshangoutpod at gmail.com or check out our website at leshangoutpod.com. 
Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you'll be the first to know when new episodes drop. We'll also be posting videos to our YouTube channel this season, so make sure you subscribe at youtube.com slash leshangoutpod to catch them. If you want to support the podcast, thank you so much to all of you who already do all of these things. But if you haven't yet, you can rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps other people to find the podcast, and it helps push us further up in searches. And we also just love hearing what you have to say. If you want to support us financially, you can do that on bit.ly slash lespatreon. We have so many cool perks for you there. A lot of community building things, our private Facebook group, our Discord chat, uh, viewing parties, ad-free episodes. There's so much going on on our Patreon, and we would love to see you there as well. If you want to get some merch, if you want to get some merch, it is not too early now to start getting your Christmas things in order. If you want to get a homo for the holidays sweater, you can get that at bit.ly slash shop. I have one. I love it. It's so comfy. It's so cozy. And it's so gay. And subtle. People, your grandparents will come up to you and be like, oh, honey, what a lovely shirt. Home. Oh. Oh. Homo for the. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but if you want to get that, you can get that at bit.ly slash lesshop. If you want to follow us individually, the best place to find me is on Twitter and Instagram at LSH Foster. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ellie Brigida. With that, I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee. And, and let's, let's hang, hang out, out again, again soon. soon. Let's hang out. out.